Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, Episode 53. And today, we are going to talk about careers, jobs, and how to leverage social media to attract employers and get hired faster. I'm talking with an expert in the career field. My guest today is Michelle Yanez, owner of My Workforce Solutions. Michelle, welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, Keith. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for being for agreeing to do this. I actually connected with Michelle through LinkedIn, which shows you the importance and power of social media and platforms like LinkedIn. Michelle, can you give us a little bit about your background? Tell us who you are and what you do. Yes, I'll do that. So I am currently a business owner, like you mentioned, of my Workforce Solutions, which is a consulting company focused on connecting businesses to education and businesses to workforce boards. I like helping graduates, skilled labor, anybody who's re-entering an educational system to retool or skill up, have them find a pathway to jobs. So I'm doing that as a consultant, and I'm also doing that for Trade Tech College right now. I'm a job placement specialist. And my background is in education. I landed up in this arena by first running for office and Um, serving as a trustee for Rio Hondo Community College. And so once I was in that system, I realized that community colleges are our best kept secret and they help train people to get to work quickly versus the transfer to the four-year. And after that, I went, um, I went back because I was, I fell in love with the system. So I wanted a career in the system. I got off the board and went back, got my doctorate and, and um, thought I was going to go work immediately for community college. But I called this nonprofit called the San Gabriel Valley Economic Partnership. And they were a big chamber. And I called them just to get data to help me prepare for an interview. And that person said, please, if you don't get that position at the college, please call me because I need somebody like you. Because we have these K-12 districts and these community college districts joining us the chamber because they need industry relationships. They need pathways for their students and nobody really knows how to work with them. And you sound like you'd be perfect for that. So that is how I became an intermediary. So basically I bridge education and business. And then that turned into workforce development. And that's how I became a leader in workforce. And then after that, I was appointed to the Los Angeles County Workforce Development Board and just learned about all the resources and who is doing what to get people back to work at the county level, state level, federal level. So it's a whole world, a whole system of all kinds of agencies and and people like yourself trying to get people into jobs. Yes. And you know, I think it's so important to work that you do because I got to believe the biggest challenge that um, particularly people who are not working or who are underemployed, it's just understanding the process of how to get employed, what opportunities are out there for them. And it's like you're a Sherpa, you're a tour guide, you're guiding these people to careers that are going to make them, allow them to make a good living. Yes. 
Yeah, that's why when I found you on on LinkedIn, I thought it was so amazing that you are doing this for skilled labor because the trades is a whole other world. The trades probably don't think that LinkedIn is for them. That's more like for professionals, right? Not the skilled the, the skilled workers. So I think that's really awesome that you know that that focus that you're placing on that that those sectors that's that sector of workers. Because they just don't Definitely. know where to find. If they're not in a, an apprenticeship program or they're not with a union, they probably don't know where to start or even that they should consider starting their own business. They might become an entrepreneur. You know, there's just kind of different avenues that people can take and they might get lost because they don't know where to start or they don't know which direction to go in. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And you know, especially for young people, they're going to take the guidance of their parents. And a lot of the parents today are almost one track. They're thinking college or nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the stigma the trades have gotten. And unfortunately, there are so many other paths that can lead you to a good living wage, oh as I'm sure you, you, yes. you don't know where of. Yes, Keith. So. I mean, I've like I've lived long enough where I've changed my mind on things now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I went, I thought, of course you have to go to college to make good money. And that I think it yes. used to be true. <laughs> but mm -hmm. now it's it's become what can you do, not what do you know. Now can you create an app? Can you are you a machinist? Like what can you do with your hands? Like, I mean, you can just step right in to an amazing paying job if you have a skill. And it yes, doesn't matter that you've read 25, 30 books. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. People want, you know, at the end of the day, um, Michelle, people want results. Yeah. They want to see that you can deliver results. You know, if, if we mm -hmm. hire somebody and they have school book smarts and, and that's great, but they don't get the job done. Well, you know, that defeats the purpose. It's not very effective. You know, Absolutely. they can't work with their customers. Absolutely. You, know, so. you have students that are getting out of college that have never picked up a tool. Mm -hmm. and like they're in a tech program and they've never picked up a tool or something, you know, so yeah. they need those handy hands on. Yeah. So talk to me. How did, you know, just going back, you know, as you were growing up, we're going to step back a bit. Okay. What kind of child were you? And how did that, you know, lead you to the person you are today? Because you... I feel you don't know somebody until you know a little bit about their history. I'm not asking for your life history, but what kind of child were you growing up and how did that shape you into the professional you are today? I think that my background really comes from being an advocate. My mm -hmm. parents were around in the 60s and the 70s and they were very involved with with um, access to education and fighting for for the rights of like Hispanic populations to go to college, to get good jobs. So they brought me up in that spirit of advocacy and fighting for access. So and they would make me their spokesperson, even for them, even for the family, because I was the firstborn. And um, so they would say, go in there and tell them that, you know, we want our money back or go in there and tell them. <laughs> so I became like the leader of the family as well as, as a leader in my community. So I think that's why eventually I ran for office because I knew that we were still always, you know, still fighting for access. So, um, oh, yeah. So I, I like doing that. And I think that's what I do in my current job, help break down barriers, help people find pathways, help people get in, help connect. So I like to remove barriers uh, so that people can find their way to where they need to get to for equity. And that, I think yeah. yeah, I think that's so important today because we do see a lot of barriers. Yeah. Uh, the playing field is not always equal. And I, I mean, I can tell you as I'm 
as I've done interviews in the skill trades and just reached out to people, I see a lack of diversity. That's again oh, my observation, yeah. right? I just look at, it's not perception. It's just what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so it is important oh, for us for sure. to uh, have access for everybody. And you're doing the right thing by that. Yeah. Plus, right. There's an equity, ba- uh, an opportunity gap in a skilled, you know, there's that, you're right, that gap for, um, for African-American and, um, you know, Hispanic students. I work with in the community call system and it's, you know, dominated, you know, by people of, you know, young people of color, but yet mm-hmm. uh, there's not enough, enough opportunities for them. So that's why I like to, to lead in, in that system, because I think that's where I'm needed. Definitely, definitely. And, and I'll tell you something, Hispanics have an advantage in that you speak two languages. That is, that is an asset. That is yeah, an asset to have another language. Set that, <laughs> if they know how to use it, yeah, yeah if they know yeah, that it, asset. It's a yeah. great skill set to have. You know, I, I always try and think when, you know, I, I know that there are challenges being a minority, but I always try and think about what are my advantages? Where, oh, Where's yeah. my superpower? How can I leverage <laughs> that? You know? And so, <laughs> well, yes. you know, I, I have a thing. You got to play this game in the game in oh, uniform. God, yeah. Well, like, you certain way. Even in the restaurants, I'll get yeah. more coffee and I'll get more toast and I'll get more. <laughs> more there you go. There you I can go. speak their language. <laughs> yep. And so you true. also know if somebody's saying something about you that might not be yeah. so friendly, too. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody's insulting you, you know what they're saying. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. always an advantage. It's such an asset yeah. to have another language. Definitely. Yeah. So, Definitely. Michelle, tell me, you know, during the pandemic, what's your experience and what you're seeing for careers? You know, like how's the pandemic affected you starting your workforce development, starting your business? Because you started okay. during the pandemic. Yes. Thank you for asking about that. So I went to, when I went to school, Keith, I thought I'm going to have this long career in the community college system. And um, I have nothing to worry about because I have a doctorate now. And then I realized sure. that's just not true because I was also laid off. And I also did not have work like millions of other people. And I thought to myself, if I could get laid off and collect unemployment and try to make it you know, on, on that income to take care of my daughter as a single mom. Imagine those other people out there that don't have an education, right? That don't know yes. who to call. They don't know how to navigate the system or work the system, or they don't have money in the bank or they have no family to rely on. So that's why I decided to start the consulting business when that, when that experience, you know, because of that experience. So now I'm a last, I lost my train of thought. So that is what, that's how it started. So I think it's changed everything because we learned that those businesses that um, couldn't connect to their community, they couldn't communicate with their employers. I mean, they basically shut down. They didn't survive. They, they weren't on social media. That's another thing. Yes. You know, if they could not transform themselves to communicating with their customers via social media, they just, they died. So I think that businesses learned a lot. They learned about the value of taking care of their workforce because there was no measures put in place, um, maybe like with OSHA and with, you know, other uh, compliance measures, you know, they, this, they had to lay people off or people got sick. So I think now employers are going to have to rebuild themselves. So there's an opportunity now to rehire, do things differently. Now they have to have PDE. They have to make sure that they're prepared for something that might happen again in the future. So 
But the way people work is different because now we learned that a lot of things can be done remote. Yes. Right? So even internships now are remote and everything is now, you know, moving in that direction. And maybe we needed to do that. Maybe this all forced us to do something that we needed to do anyways, because less people are on the streets. How much of, how many of us, especially in LA, we're dealing with traffic every single day, right? Like two hours of traffic to get to work and back. So yeah. So I think, man, maybe some of this is a blessing, right? So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot less traffic for you guys in LA. I've heard nothing but horror stories. It was terrible. I mean, you have to, when you take a job over here, you have to consider that. How how many hours am I going to be on the road? It it could be three hours, like one, one and a half going over there, one and a half coming back. So now it's like, let's just work. Everybody can, we know now with Zoom and all the other technologies that we can make it, we, we can do it from the comfort of our homes. And especially if like for me, my daughter's home. So she's still home schooling remotely. So I have no choice, but to stay home. So like right now I'm going to be offering some training for college students on how to interview remotely because that's the new, right. That's, that's the new preparation you need, like how to have proper lighting and how to have a great camera and how to have a good microphone, how to sit up straight and still, you know, smile and, and, how to ace an interview over, you know, Zoom. And then if you were to get a remote job, how do you measure your time and how do you stay productive and how do they know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and how do they monitor you and like how do you advance in that world of in a remote world? That's how I think. Yeah, yeah, I also think college students are, are better equipped to take advantage of the technology. They grew up with this. You know? <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, I, I think you like me, you probably grew up at a time when social media, I'll never ask a woman her age, but I'm pretty sure you grew up at a time where social media didn't exist when you were growing up as a kid, you know, no. and, and, you know, and so I, I say that to say that you will, you've had to adapt. You've had oh, to make yes. Change, I, and right? I did adapt. I did because yeah. it's such a valuable skill and we're missing out if we're not on LinkedIn or even Instagram, if you were selling a product or YouTube and Facebook, you're really missing out on this younger population that's buying everything online. I agree. Working online, right? There's no barriers anymore. You don't have to drive somewhere. You just jump online and you can do whatever you need to do remotely. Yeah. I also think you could scale, like you probably reach, like when you're teaching these young people, you're probably reaching more people you know, with one call, right? Like you're not having to do each individual person. So you're scaling more, you're having more of an impact and you're doing it all from the convenience of your home. So it it matches with your lifestyle. You're still able to support your daughter as she's going to school and you're still able to help these students. It's, it's a win-win for everybody. Yes. And and I think that more and more people, uh, workers will be able to say, I want to be remote. Like I'm going to take this job but it has to be remote. I think that now like we can leverage, (laughs) you know, post pandemic, there's an opportunity for you to say anybody who's listening, I need to be remote because I have, you know, responsibilities in my home. And are you hearing, yeah. Are you hearing anything from employers or seeing any trends with that? So like with the pandemic, you know, it definitely has impacted job market. Yes. I think think employers are starting to make that adjustment. Yeah. I think employers have let go of buildings. Oh, wow. like they just like 
we used to have a building and now we don't anymore because everybody's going to work remote. Like, why would they pay for the well, overhead? Right? Like, no, I agree. They didn't have any business. They couldn't pay the bills. So they had, I think employers are, or some will do things differently like that and just take and just do it all remote and just become experts on producing remote teams. You can have effective, amazing remote teams and trust people to meet their outcomes. You know, like you may not be paying them for their time to sit in their chair, but you're paying them to meet all of their goals and their outcomes for the week. And as long as they get their work done, you should be happy. I agree with you. I agree with you. And what that requires, I think, is just creating processes and systems yes. so that it's it's objective. It's, it's task-based, right? So yes. they have to complete these objectives. It just requires just a bit of retooling for companies just to yes. make that adjustment. And, and you'd want them to do that if they were in an office anyways. <laughs> exactly. And a, as a worker, you know, we need to be on our game. We need to manage our time. We need to collaborate. We need to send a lot of emails out. We need to follow up. We need to like document all, all of our work. There are things that we have to do to, to show that we are a good remote worker. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. We so yes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and like I said, it's just like you were saying, just making that adjustment. Mm -hmm. Hey, wanted to ask you something. You know, one of the things with Skill Stadium's platform is that we allow job seekers to create 30-second elevator pitches and up to 360-second videos demonstrating their skills and knowledge because we're we're a show-me economy. I want to get, you know, and what employers have told me is it's important for them before they bring in somebody to interview to be able to see, you know, see, hear them talk, see what they could do. What's your take on the value of video I as it pertains it. to that job seeker? I like that. And I'm hearing about it on LinkedIn and in and, and Clubhouse. I don't know if, if you're on Clubhouse. I am. Okay. I am. So I heard. Are you on Clubhouse? I'm on Clubhouse. Good, good. We need to yeah, connect. I hear for sure. about everything that's trending. And, um, and I did hear about the 30 second videos. And I think it's amazing because you could drop it in somebody's box on LinkedIn. And once you see yeah. a person, you hear them and you're animated and, and you make it quick, they'll stick around to listen to something for 30 seconds. But, and it's mm -hmm. much more likely that they're going to watch that than open an email and look at a I five do. page resume. Yes. There's no yes, personality, right? There's, you have to. You don't even know if they have the time to do that or if they check their emails or if. They, so I think it's very effective. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. I also think just to, to that people can write anything on a resume. You know, <laughs> I think a video, I mean, I could sit there and say I'm a brain surgeon, you know, but mm -hmm. if you, if you ask me questions to demonstrate that on a video, it'd be very obvious that I'm not, a, that I don't have that skill set. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what most, most companies want to make sure you can do the work and you fit into the culture of the company. And they can tell if you can, if you are a fit for the company by video, you could put together some videos that'll tell them, Hey, this person knows what they're talking about, particularly in the skill trade. And they can get a feeling for your personality yes. you know, by watching a video versus just looking at a piece of paper. Yes, exactly. You know, so you can come to life. I, and I, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, it does bring the applicant to life. I also think everybody has the tools to use video, you know, like we all have the same tools. If you do what everybody does, you're going to get the same results as everybody. You know, if everybody's sending in paper resumes, you know, it's hard to stand out. Yes. And so. you got to stay visible on yes. social media. If you're not on LinkedIn or if you, you post very rarely or you just post generic, you know, 
generic um, articles or you share things that are not personal, I think that uh, people don't remember you. But if you keep posting yourself and photos, right, or pitches, then people will think about you when something opens mm-hmm. up, when there's an opportunity. Yes, I agree. Hey, wait, I've seen him. Wait, um, yeah, I'm going to contact that person. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I, I, I know when I have put a lot of posts out about what's going on with my company, it does attract certain people. And and I've had people reach out to me like, you know, I, I did a post where I was doing a day in the life video. And I said, look, it took this guy five minutes to do the interview. Purpose was to help young people learn about how to become elevator instructors. And I had a bunch of people reach out to me. I said, hey, man, we're just trying to help kids. Do you put a value on helping kids? Would you help someone? It's yes or no. Right. And some people related to that. And and I got I got additional people who wanted to do the video because they saw that it was easy. I said, the guy did it on his lunch hour. He was literally walking with his phone doing the interview. It's that easy. You know, so yeah. I tell people, don't tell me it's not a question of time. It's a question of what you value. And people responded to that because people could relate to helping students. You know, it's yes, like, exactly. You know, they understand it. We were all young once. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so I do know you, you didn't know that people were going to really love that segment that you posted. No, you know I mean, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I didn't know that. We don't know. We, that's why you just keep posting and then something yes. will resonate with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and right. Yeah. And all you're doing is sharing about yourself and what you do. And yeah. So yeah, I think it's a, yeah, a really, really great idea, a great skill as well like uh, when i because of the pandemic i bought i bought um like an hd camera this microphone i bought lights i bought my ring light i just kind of created an a, and a nice. green screen like you have and um yep. just got prepared to uh mm-hmm. you know to to share um uh, about myself but also just to gain that skill because i knew yep. i needed to get with it <laughs> yeah I'm telling you, video is powerful. If you if you start putting together some videos, it's a game changer, especially for a business. You know, anytime you're starting a new business, you want that visibility. And if you can put together videos showing who you are and what you do, you're going to attract the right people that see a value in what you do. Yes. You know, I agree. So, and, and get a good video editor. That guy I connected you with, okay. the, the guy that I use. Yes. Because it, it'll get tiring. It'll get tiring doing your own video unless your daughter's going to no, do it. For free. No, no, no. <laughs> She's already over. I made her do that for me. Okay. And then. <laughs> So she's done with the free video yeah. editing? She quit already. <clears throat> oh, no. <coughs> uh, tell her she gets she gets room and board and food <laughs> exactly. for video editing. That's not a bad her. deal. <laughs> I have to pay her now. That's not a bad Yeah. <laughs> so tell me something. Do you have a preference for a platform? Because I know you're on LinkedIn. I'm kind of curious if you're on any of the other platforms. And, and also share with... That's how people can find your business. For my business, I only use LinkedIn. Okay. Because it's my professional side. I have a fun okay. side. <laughs> For my fun, more of a single mom, From it, I use LinkedIn, which connects to my Facebook. And then sometimes okay. cool. I'll even create a really fun video on TikTok. And then, I, right. yeah, because I have a, a 12-year-old daughter, so she's into making her and her friends make fun videos. So sometimes I'll do some stuff with her, but that's just for fun. Uh, you know, you got you to take some tips from her. I'm sure she could give you some good tips. <laughs> no, no. Don't, don't underestimate her. Listen to her. I'm sure she knows what she's doing. 
So, um, and then I have a YouTube where I just really upload. I have not, I'm pretty sure YouTube is the most powerful platform, but I'm not even using it yet to the extent that I could use it. Yeah. I just kind of like upload videos there and just store them there. But the one that I sure. really use is LinkedIn for business and I have the premium version so I can see who's looking at my profile and I can see when right. it goes up and down, up and down, like when people are looking and when they're not. And, it, and it's all based on what, I, what I've posted. So yes. I like, yeah, I like that. And I'll get great response and a great audience. I can, I can go straight to the CEO of a company, to presidents of colleges. I could just direct message them. Yes. You know what I mean? So that that is the beauty about yeah. LinkedIn. You can message anybody you want. It's up to them to respond, but you know they're gonna see it. You could set you could put your oh, yeah. 30 second video in there and they're gonna they're there you gonna go. see it. So yeah. that's there you why go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> that's thing. why I like LinkedIn because it's super powerful. You can bypass all the protocol. Just bypass the oh, and, you know, as, as long as they're checking their own LinkedIn account, you know, they're going to see it. Definitely. No, I agree with you 100%. So tell me something. Um, what's your vision for my workforce solution? Where do you see this business going? Oh, well, let me share an example of something I did work on. Bef when sure. I was before the pandemic, I was a workforce development manager at Citrus College. And I knew that we had an awesome auto program. Great auto faculty premieres. So I also knew that there was a, a company called Proterra in the San Gabriel Valley and they manufacture electric buses. So I knew that I needed to connect the two, the college, our college to Proterra and contacted them and asked them, do you still need a training program? Because I knew that they were trying to develop an, an internal curriculum to train their own workers. And that they had tried with other colleges and it was not a good fit. So when I called, they said, yes, we're still looking for a good fit. And so I set up a meeting and they really liked what we presented. And, and we created a historic for them um, training program. And, and it, it got county recognition. And I knew it would because it's electric buses, which is the future, right? It's, it's the alternative fuels. So it, it became a huge deal. So I want to do more of that. I want, okay. I think that more education programs need to, you know, need to lead to a job because those employers have already contributed to what they want to see in the curriculum. Sure. And like they're saying, train them in this, train them in that, include an OSHA training and implant this certificate, implant, you know, embed these certificates in the curriculum. And then those people will come out ready to roll. So mm -hmm. I think there needs to be more coordination. That's, you know, more bridging and, and we're going in that direction, but there's still a lot of just traditional colleges that don't, that don't think about, you know, that their programs need to lead to any specific job. So, and I, I think it just makes it more difficult for people to find jobs when you're not, you're not partnering with, with employers because that is the supply and demand. The businesses are the demand and the colleges are the supply. Why yes. aren't we together in creating workers, creating workforce? We should be talking and 
only in my area in career technical education is where they actually talk and partner and work on curriculum yes. together. That's the only, that's the only area. That's why I like CTE. But yeah, no, for, yeah, yeah that's what I'd yeah. like to see okay. more of that and, and help, no, I agree. help bridge that. Definitely. No, I agree. And you're doing that already. So I, I, I see that as a win-win for everybody. That's just such an asset. It's just getting the right people in the right jobs. Yes. And, and the reason why I work with workforce boards as well, because I was on a workforce and I know that there's funding, like for example, the state, the federal, the state, they have money. They have to spend it on training programs and to get people back to work. And then it trickles down to the county. And then the county has mm -hmm. to spend it on training programs and typically for hard to place populations like foster reentry and um, veterans and, you know, some yes. certain groups get more money. But, yeah. but, you know, they need help spending their money. <laughs> so let me yeah. help you that's find yeah, opportunities to spend your money. And that's why I, yeah. I work with the workforce boards. Yeah. So you're saying a lot of that money doesn't get spent? Yeah. Well, I think um, that they're always looking for innovative opportunities to spend the money and they don't always get the great projects wow, that's what that are out there because, yeah, because businesses don't know and People don't know what workforce boards do and that there, there are resources. So it doesn't cost the business anything to create a training program. You know what I mean? Like yes. the, yeah. the monies, the county will pay to pay the instructors so from the college and pay yes. for everything. And they just don't oh, know. I get that. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. No, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Final question. Please share one life lesson you've learned that can help young people who are new in their careers. One life lesson. Okay. I would say that if I would tell my young self to stay, to commit to a job and, um, or a business and stay there, I, cause nowadays everybody jumps from job to job to job to job. And now that I'm getting closer to, I mean, I'm not old enough to retire, but I'm seeing people retire at my age already retiring young. Because they stood at some great, with, with some great opportunity for 30 years. I'm just saying life passes by so quickly. And if you keep jumping around and not committing to a trade or a skill or one employer or one dream that uh, you could run out of time and you, you never, it, you know, you didn't invest heavily in anything because you're too busy jumping around. So I would recommend that. Now that now in retrospect, I think that um, I've, I had some great opportunities when I was younger and walked away because I thought something was going to be more exciting or something was going to be better. Right. When I could have turned those jobs into amazing careers. Makes yeah. Sense. So I think well, uh, Michelle, yeah. you could turn anything. Yeah, I think um, if you if you have soft skills, if you are innovative and you're creative and you're committed and you're a collaborator, I think you can create any, any opportunity into your dream job. Excellent. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.